LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask me anything, honest questions, quick answers. I am Todd Unzicker, your host, and this is Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. And this week, J.D., is church membership in the Bible? I get this, in fact, I got this question just last Sunday about somebody who was explaining to me why they've been here for 12 years attending our church and never joined. And part of their question was, um, hey, the word is not in the Bible, which is true. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't find the word membership there um, or even some Greek variation of it. Um, you, uh, you know, you've got, uh, it seems that this church is this movement, this fast moving, multiplying movement. And, and there are people who say, well, membership is just kind of this archaic sort of Westernized thing that has vestiges left over from high church movements where you used to belong to the, you know, it's all kinds of things. And it's not biblical. Uh, there's even some really, um, I think popular, uh, church movements like uh, Calvary Chapel, which, man, I, I love the guys at Calvary Chapel, but they teach that as part of their their core identity is that is that you're not you're not members. You should be active. You should be engaged. And that's really the question of discipleship is how engaged you are, not whether or not your name is on a list. Um, so I have a lot of sympathy with it, but short answer, yes. I'll give you the spoiler alert. Absolutely. I think the concept of church membership in the Bible, just because the word's not there. I mean, people have pointed out for years that the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but that doesn't mean that concept is right. not there. Um, and so the concept of membership is seen in this talk of of the church as a, as, as a, or the presentation of a church as a, as a covenant community. Hmm. Um, it's a community that have, have covenanted together to love each other, take care of each other, and to hold each other accountable. Um, maybe one of the strongest biblical evidences of this is Paul warns the Corinthians in the first book of Corinthians about a guy who's doing something immoral and says, you need to approach this guy and tell him to repent. And if not, you need to remove him from the church. Mm. Now, you know, he's still welcome to attend as a, as a, as, as an unbeliever, but how do you remove somebody from your number if they're not part of your number? In fact, he says in second Corinthians, he is commending that church for having taken this action to remove this sinning brother out of their fellowship. And he says, you removed him, and it literally says, by the vote of the majority. Huh. So it means it was a group of people that were that says, hey, he is no longer part of our number. That would be impossible unless there was you know, a sense of membership. You, you see other things like in Acts chapter 6, you've got, um, you've got an election where they're electing officers, and that implies that there's some kind of membership that's doing the, the voting. Uh, in 1 Timothy 5, at the end of that, you see um, Paul giving instructions on how to wi- handle widows in the church. There's even language there of creating a roster so that the leaders know how to care for them well. And in order to you know create a roster of who's a part of the church, all these things are just implying that this is a, a membership community. I think the reason most people push back on this today is because we have a have a have a have a society that is built on consumerism. And I know it's easy to beat up on that. Consumerism is not all bad. Right. There's a lot of our relationships where consumerism is is good. I go to a particular um, fast food restaurant. And I like it because of their service and the quality of the product. And you know what? And they're thick burgers. And right, but if if they stop any of those things, if they turn into jerks and their their food starts tasting badly, then I don't go there. I don't like. Well, I've just sworn my soul to this place. You know, it's I'm I'm a consumer. That's appropriate. What's the problem is when you apply a consumer relationship 
to or consumer mentality to a relationship that's not designed that way. For example, marriage. When I say, well, my wife is no longer thrilling me like she once did. Well, so I'm going to go seek, you know, satisfaction elsewhere. And I treat it like a fast food restaurant or with my kids. Like, hey, my kids are not, you know, filling my life with all the fun and excitement I used to have, you know, and so I want to go over here and do this. Those are relationships where instead of being a consumer, I'm, I'm committed. Um, the church is no question about it, a relationship in the Bible where it's supposed to be based on commitment, not on consumer. Not that uh, I like the sermons here and they were good for a while and I love the music. I mean, I know people in our community and that come to our church that listen to the preaching in one place, the music in another, and they're part of a small group at a third place because it's like a fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes when my wife and I go out, we have different um, taste in fast food. And so what we'll, we'll literally, we'll do it. We'll spend 20 minutes going to various fast food places, getting the burger she likes here. And the um, she likes she likes a certain kind of drink from only one of the fast food restaurants. <laughs> like they have the drink at all of them, but she likes it from that one. So we'll swing through the drive-thru. And, and you just, that's not the right relationship for church. Uh, church is a covenant community where you belong to each other. Right. Believers have to be belongers. Maybe that's best seen in what I think is the most significant metaphor that the Bible gives for belonging to a church, and that is being a body. I mean, think about if you, the members of your body were not permanently committed to your body, if the hand decided that today he was going to be part of your body, but tomorrow he was going to be out doing something else. I mean, the body has cohesion. It has an identity. Hmm. And when you join a movement of a people of God, you're supposed to be a part of the body in a way that other people can depend on you. Right. Because the way that God does his work in the world is through the body. And so people at our church depend on me. I'm fulfill a role in this body, and in some ways, I, analogously, maybe you could think of me as, since I'm the preacher, as like being the mouth and I'm speaking God's Word to people. Um, other people are going to be the hands and the eyes and and various things. We have to be able to depend on each other, because if I'm separated from the body of Christ, I'm separated from the activity of God in my life, and if I separate myself from the body of Christ, and other people are going to be deprived of it. Um, again, Todd, this is a really important concept. You, you just think about it like um, when my left elbow itches, right? And so it sends a little message up my arm via my nerves, goes to my brain and says, hey, I itch. So what does my brain do? Does it send down like magic brain power down and just obliterate the itch in my left elbow? No. It sends a message to the fingers on my right hand and says, hey, your brother left elbow itches, so go take care of that. And the mm -hmm. fingers go over there and they, they scratch the itch. In the same way, when God wants to do his work in somebody's life, um, it's rare that he just sends down the answer directly from heaven, usually he gives the answer to another part of the body, which means that when I'm in church saying, God, help me in my marriage, God, help me with my kids, God, help me with direction, and I've disconnected myself from the body of the church, God's like, well, it's you're expecting me to do something that I gave the church to do. So if I don't belong to the church, if I'm not a member of it, if I'm not a member of that body the way that my body members are part of this body, then I'm disconnected from the work of God. And so you know that whole picture it just shows us that that in order to really follow Jesus, we have to we have to belong. Uh, we have to belong. And you, how do you fulfill the? I can't remember the exact number, but it's somewhere near thirty different one another commands. Right. How how do you do that if you're not known and committed in a body in a local church? So absolutely, the word's not in the Bible. That's true, but the concept is there of belonging as as a committed member of the body of Christ. So JD, clearly the new Testament, um, you know, speaks of this con uh, concept uh, often while, even though it doesn't say the word membership, but what would you do if you found yourself, you know, a part of a church and you didn't know if you should belong there or 
if you even wanted to belong there? How would you? Yeah, well, there's no perfect church. And sometimes you're like, you know, should I? I see this wrong, and I wish they do this differently. Um, to me, um, the benefits of membership vastly outweigh um, the the benefits from finding that perfect church where you belong. I need a church, we all need a church, where the Word of God is being faithfully taught, um, where where the, the core doctrines of the Christian faith are faithfully espoused. Um, I won't go into detail about what all those are, but uh, the Baptist faith and message is, is to me, kind of summarizes the core elements of, of what the Bible teaches. I want to make sure that they teach the Bible faithfully and reliably. I want to be at a church where the pastor's not up giving his opinions on everything, but he's, he's actually teaching the Word of God. I want to be in a place that exalts God and um, not individuals, not uh, doesn't depend on programs. I want to be in a place that is focused not just on growing the church, but on ministering to and blessing the community. I want to be in a church that values connection and, and belonging to people. If they've got those things, then the vast majority of other things I can just say, Hey, that's not exactly how I would see it, but it's important enough to belong. Um, we will always have to join an imperfect church, always. And if it, it is a perfect church, then the moment that you join it, it becomes imperfect. Uh, it's better to go into the church um, humbly, recognizing that people have problems, and be there as someone who is being redeemed by Jesus and is ready to be part of the redemption process than it is to go in you know, say, well, this church isn't perfect in this, so I'm going to leave. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said something in, in the book Life Together that I've, I've just thought was, I've come back to it again mm-hmm. and again. He said, he said, you know, one of the first signs that you're beginning to grow spiritually is you get disgusted with everybody else's sin. He said, and that's people think, man, I've arrived because I see all the hypocrisy in, in everybody else. And they get mad and they want to leave. I can't be around all these, all these people. They're so inconsistent and immature. He said, that's only stage one, though. Stage two is you become more disgusted with your sin than you are with theirs. He said the sign of a truly gospel-awakened person is that, yes, they see everybody else's inconsistencies, but they see their own even more. That's why the Apostle Paul would say, I'm the chief of sinners, because he mm-hmm. he saw his own depravity. He said, that's stage two. He said, most people are still in stage one, and they think they're so spiritual because they see everybody else's flaws. If you want to see if the gospel's penetrated them, it's when they see their own. He said, stage three, after you've been through stage two, you're now ready to re-enter the church filled with people with inconsistencies and problems, and do so as somebody who has been redeemed yourself, who is ready to extend um, that hand of redemption. Jesus will extend it through you to others because you recognize that, man, you're someone who's been forgiven, and that makes you a tool in his hands, not a Pharisee that's judging. It makes you an instrument in the Redeemer's hands. Wow, that's good. There it is this week on Ask Me Anything. Is church membership in the Bible? Honest questions, quick answers with J.D. Greer and part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, another one of our uh, podcasts in the network is 5LQ, where it's a podcast with Todd Adkins and Daniel M. Um, they, they are part of the network, and they recently interviewed leaders like Albert Tate, Rosaria Butterfield, and Paul Tripp. Just look up five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today to the 5LQ Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker. This is Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer.